When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. After a monster 14-game slate in the NBA, it is time to break down all of the news, all of the outcomes, and box scores for fantasy basketball. Let's go! open... Talking about G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And today we are going to go through 14 bloody games from the NBA and talk about all the fantasy relevance, all the stat lines, everything that stood out to me, as well as cover some news from each of the relevant teams. Uh, it's going to be a long podcast, but uh, yeah, we're going to get stuck straight into it. Again, if you haven't already, I've just dropped recently a buy low, a sell high, and a should we panic video. A lot of those players that were buy lows played pretty well. Uh, a few guys from the sell highs um, didn't play as well. Some of them are still playing good. You saw the opportunity. Some of them actually uh, were out today and injured. So a few different things there, but still some value if you want to go and check those ones out. And uh, should we panic or should we be worried about these players? Some of them, yes, you still need to be worried. And some of them also step back up. So go and check those ones out and get your thoughts and on them. Uh, but let's, let's bloody get into this game. We are not going to waste any more time. Let's get stuck into today's games because there are a lot of them. We're going to start with the Washington Wizards. The Washington Wizards, uh, there was a blowout in this game, but it was the Wizards blowing out the Charlotte Hornets, which is very interesting. They uh, came out in that second quarter and just put the foot down. So uh, Kyle Kuzma led the charge here, 33 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. He has been very, very good this season, and he was efficient as well, which, uh, and especially from the field, he has been so far this season. So uh, if you've got Kyle Kuzma on your squad, it is looking like a massive steal at this stage. Let's see if we can keep up the efficiency, but it looks like, at, at least early on, the usage is all going to him. 
And it is not going to uh, my mate, Jordan Poole. And it's another another shit game from him, to be honest. Uh, 11 points, one assist, uh, hit one three, hit four or five from the free throw line, 25% from the field. And it's just not happening for him, is it? 20 minutes, super concerning. Another blowout, but a blowout where Kyle Kuzma still managed to get 31 minutes and Danny Avdia managed to get 28 minutes. Dillon Wright's played more minutes than him in 26, um, 30 minutes for Bilal Kulabali. Like, there's just... Maybe... <laughs> I, there's a chance that I've completely misread this situation and I've completely fumbled the ball when it comes to Jordan Poole. Um, I just... I, I'm still willing to wait and give it more time, but maybe I was just wrong completely and just absolutely way off on him. Uh, I just don't know how, why he's being so poor, why he's, um, you know, maybe he's just a system player. Maybe he's the opposite of James Harden and he's a system player and Golden State was making him look a lot, not that he even looked better, but like he scored 20 points a night. He put up five free throws in a bench roll on Golden State last year, Um, you know, got up three threes per game. Like, I would have thought he could at least replicate that, and right now he's not even doing that on a Wizards team, and I don't really know what to tell you. Um, I'm not dropping yet. He is someone that if you're buying low, you're buying really, really low, because it is looking really bad, and and, it, and it could, there is a possibility that it is, it is a big bust, and if it is, I will be the first to put my hand up and say that I was completely well off on that one. Um which does suck, uh, unfortunately. And if you listen to my advice, I apologize. Um, but I can't get them all right. I've got some others uh, right so far. And this one looks like one that I've gotten fairly wrong so far. The other thing that we're going to highlight here is Daniel Gafford, who only played the 13 minutes, had the four fouls. So foul trouble again for him. Five uh, points, five rebounds, a steal, two blocks. So he still gave you the two blocks. Uh, it's not what you want, um, but two blocks and five rebounds and you know, 66% from the field is is within 13 minutes. It's pretty bloody good, to be honest. But foul trouble for him is going to be a thing that is persistent um, a lot of the time. And I don't think we're going to be see him playing 30 minutes a night this season. He just is not very good. And he is consistently in foul trouble. But he still is a hold in points leagues. Maybe not a must-roster uh, player, um, depending on, you know, how deep your league's in and if your league rewards efficiency and, and things like that. Um, Tyus Jones was also really poor in this game. Two points, four assists, and a steal. Shot one of six from the field. He's also been disappointing so far this season. Uh, I was never really very high on him. Um, Never really thought he was a bust, per se, at at his spot. But I did sort of mention it a few times in the preseason. I thought he was getting pushed high because of the fact that he'd been playing well off the bench uh, in Memphis. Uh, But so far, he is also disappointed. He... Didn't play because of foul trouble. Someone please let me know if this was an injury or anything to Tyus Jones or if he literally just got benched for DeLon Wright in this game because uh, his 19 minutes with only one personal foul in this game is a little bit concerning uh, for him. But again, not someone I would drop or anything like that, but one to maybe watch moving forward. The rest of the bench, I mean, this Wizards lineup, it's actually one of the more confusing lineups to predict every night. It really is all over the place, game to game. Corey Kispert um, played okay, 12 points, hit two threes and and had a steal and three assists. Maybe a 16 team if you're looking for threes, a three streamer at best. Dillon Wright, um, when he, when, if we knew he was going to play 26 minutes, he would be a guy that you could have on 12 team rosters and get steals and assists and efficient shooting from him. The problem is that on a game to game basis, he goes from 13 minutes to 26, up and down, and it's hard to predict. Um, so we're watching. 
you can have a stab at him and, and have a bet that Poole and, or Jones or both of them are, are getting fewer minutes. But I, I'm not convinced as of yet. And next game, he could come out and play 16 minutes. I uh, can't really put too much trust in him. Bilal Kulabali is... Uh, you know, the minutes are encouraging. 30 points. Didn't do much in them. Six points, two rebounds and assists. No defensive stats. Was efficient. Um, so he is still just a watch for me. He does have potential. But I think I need to see a little bit before I um, make a move in 12-team leagues uh, or in points leagues, especially in a points league. He's probably not even worth a watch list. Uh, but in category leagues for those defensive stats, potential. If he is getting 30 minutes, he might be worth rostering at some point this season. So keep an eye on that. Denny Avdiar, 28 minutes. He has actually been pretty solid. Uh, not the best game here. Only shot 30% from the field, but um, the 28 minutes of the starters, he looks like maybe the next safest guy behind behind Kyle Kuzma. But like I said, this Wizards team, man, it, it's, it's really all over the place and one of the more difficult teams for me to really assess uh, on a game-to-game basis outside of Kyle Kuzma. Um, yeah, just really confusing stuff. Let's talk about the Charlotte Hornets, who unfortunately lost. Um, and uh, LaMelo Ball, although was really, really good. He got off to a slow start this season, but in the last few games has really, really picked it up. 34.7 assists, a steal, hit three threes, was efficient. 13 of 22 from the field. Um, and yeah, I mean, six turnovers. But again, when you're rostering LaMelo Ball... You know there's going to be high turnovers, um, but you you should be aware of that and be able to live with that. Gordon Hayward has also still been one of the best pickups off the waiver wire so far this early season, one of the best late-round picks. You have to have him. If he gets injured, you drop him then, but you have to have him right now. So if he is available, you need to go and add him. He will continue to produce like this. 18 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals. Um, relatively efficient. Uh, hit a couple threes. It's good. Uh, Brennan Miller got the start again for Terry Rozier, who is going to continue to see uh, extended. He, he, second, he reckons a couple of weeks on the sideline. We'll see, but... Um, he can be added. Just be aware there'll be ups and downs. 13 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, and a steal. I think we've got maybe four or five games left before the uh, Bridges suspension is up. So it'll be interesting to see how that all goes down, whether or not Bridges is back. or And if he is, how does it affect someone like Miller? What, what's that all going to play out? But for now, you can add him. I don't know how high his upside is. I don't think he's necessarily going to be someone that wows you every night, but he can score and hit some threes and maybe get a couple of rebounds here and there, but not a whole lot else. Um, Mark Williams played 18 minutes. Again, foul trouble, four fouls in this one, and then a bit of a blowout factor as well, so didn't play down the stretch. He was 100% from the field, 14 points, seven rebounds and a block, so still a pretty darn good line, especially considering he played 18 minutes. Uh, I wouldn't panic there. Fouls and the blowout uh, of this game kept his minutes down. And uh, PJ Washington kind of just did his thing. Oh, five from three. So hopefully he shoots a little bit better next time. But 14, seven and one with two blocks. That's pretty PJ-ish. Um, he's kind of just doing his thing um, and is a decent enough back-end player. Let's go on to the next game, the Indiana Pacers versus the Utah Jazz. The Pacers get this one, in the end, fairly comfortably um, with uh, no Walker Kessler, who looks to be out for at least a couple of weeks with an elbow injury. I want to say it was a, a ulnar ligament sprain, uh, so he's going to be missing the next two weeks. I wonder if that was affecting his minutes and shooting percentages. I mean, for a guy who really just dunks the ball, I would have to say not, but he was taking a few jump shots, which was interesting. But um, two weeks on the sideline, hopefully you can stash. I would be encouraging you to do so, uh, especially in category leagues. But uh, that means that they started John Collins and Larry Markin at the power forward and center. 
Um, John Collins was okay. You would have liked to have seen at least a block or so there, but efficient, nine rebounds, it's it's all right. Uh, Larry Markkinen, he's continuing to do his thing. 50% from the field is nice. Um, pretty standard line from him. And, and Jordan Clarkson finally put up a really good line. He'd been terrible so far this season. He still gave you six turnovers, but again... <laughs> Turnovers and rankings. If you are someone that values nine category rankings, and I'm going to keep continue to harp on this throughout the rest of the season, if you are worried about turnovers, then you need to be aware of the players you are drafting and why in some sites and on my podcast and other podcasts, we talk about players being worth a lot and then they come out and they average a lot of turnovers and their rank is poor. Now, I don't think Jordan Clarkson is anything like a Cade Cunningham, for example, but if you're complaining about, oh, this guy's killing me in turnovers or whatever, whatever. Um, well, first of all, I mean, maybe not so for Clarkson, but for a player like Cade or something like that, you've got to be aware of that when you draft these guys. They're, they're going to have the ball in their hands a lot and a team on the Utah Jazz where they don't really have any point guard talent, that's what's going on here with Jordan Clarkson. He's got the ball in his hands a lot, and he's not really a natural playmaker, so he's turning the ball over a lot. But in this game, 8 of 8 from the free throw line, 33 points. He was relatively efficient, 12 of 26 from the field. He had a steal. He had a block. That's a solid line. By no means is he right for every single team, but I do believe that there is an ability for you to have him on your squad if you're looking for scoring and assists and some threes and some solid free throw percentage. Um, you could do worse than Clarkson, but no, the free, sorry, the field goal percentage is on most nights going to be much worse than this. He's not going to provide you many rebounds or defensive stats, and he's going to turn the ball over a lot. So certain specific builds, that works. For others, it will absolutely not, but this was a decent line. Uh, Ochai Agbaji got the start, played 26 minutes, and was terrible, or at least terrible from a fantasy point of view. He is not someone that, even if he starts and plays 30 minutes, we need to worry about. And uh, Keontae George, we'll finally talk about him. He got the start and played 31 minutes in this game, and everyone was very excited to see him. And he put up nine assists. He hit a three. Um, he was not very efficient, three of eight, um, and didn't do a whole lot else. Two rebounds, no defensive stats. He is someone... I guess kind of similar to a Clarkson, but in a slightly different vein that he will suit some teams. He will suit some teams if you're punting field goal percentage, especially, and you're looking for some decent enough assists, threes, and solidish free throw percentage. I don't think he's going to be a guy who rebounds well, who uh, I think he's going to hurt your field goal percentage a lot. I think he's going to turn the ball over relatively, well, more than this. He had one turnover today for nine assists. So that is positive. Um, I don't think he's going to be a, a really high steals guy. Maybe he can get to one steal per game. He's not going to get any blocks. Um, so I think he's going to be okay. I view him in that kind of Kobe White vein of starting point guard, where if you can live with the poor efficiency, he can give you some solid enough counting stats with a stinker thrown in there every now and again. So if that sounds like a player that suits what you're looking for, then yes, go and add him. I think he's going to be someone if... Anything from the start of the season to go off, I think that he has the potential to lock down this starting point guard job for the rest of the season. But that also doesn't mean that he's going to be a top 75, top 85 player. Um, he might be in some builds, but in other builds, maybe not. So for your team, you need to, again, assess and see whether or not that is worth it. For a points league, I think you do take the crack and see if you can get him in and see how high the usage can go and and uh, and see how, how things work out. Uh, Kelly Olenek did not start. Instead, they did do the uh, Ochai Agbaji and play 21 minutes. So some people were thinking that he might be someone to add. Um... I am less enthusiastic about Olenek than others are. 
I think in a 14-team league, you can maybe take a shot. In a 12-team league, I'm not quite ready to pull the trigger yet. It might be something that you could stream in on certain days, and it may become an ad if we can see the minutes go up higher than this, and maybe if the game had been closer towards the end, he he might have, but I am not ready to say that he is an ad yet. And you can go ahead and drop Taylor Horton Tucker, I believe. He had six points, five assists is still useful, but I don't think he's very good. And the fact that he got pushed to the bench here, um, even when someone like Walker Kessler was out. So they didn't just put Keontae George in there and shuffle the things around. They they put you know Keontae George in over Taylor Horton Tucker and then put Ogbaji in there to replace the Walker thing. So I don't think that's a good sign for Taylor Horton Tucker. So again, if there's someone better out there, you can drop him and move on, I believe. Let's talk about the Indiana Pacers and... Tyrese Halliburton remains extremely good. He had 13 assists, 16 points, a steal, six rebounds, hit a three, and was perfect from the from the free throw line. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Oh, geez. Sorry about that. Um, Benedict Matherin is a guy that we need to touch on here because he was another player that I talked about in the Should We Panic video or Should We Be Worried video because he was pretty awful. But he was great here. He had 38 minutes, uh, scored 22 points, nine rebounds, four assists, two steals, hit four threes, 50% from the field, uh, and was a plus 18 on the on the day. So he was really, really good here. Now, of course, he did this after I dropped that video. So this gives me, you know, pulling me back in. Um, maybe he can be something. I don't think that this level of production is something that we can expect from him. The thing I will draw your attention to, is he's got no free throw attempts, and that was one of the big appeals for him in the draft season when he was going late. Someone who can affect your free throw percentage late in the draft is very hard to come by. Didn't do that here. Um, and he hasn't been getting these kind of minutes until tonight. This, I think this is his first game over 30 minutes this season. So... Is I mean, they've only gone nine players deep. Um, is this something that we can expect moving forward? I'll put it in the maybe basket. It's a speculative ad. I wouldn't get my hopes up. In fact, I don't think I'd be rushing. I'd probably want to see this for another game. But um, if he does turn it around, he's a second-year player. I think the, they can start slowly. Um, in a 16-team league, you can still hold on to him and add him if he was there. 14s, maybe the same thing. 12s, I'm not yet convinced, and it's only speculative at this point. Uh, Miles Turner, curiously, played only 23 minutes in, in this game, which I thought was uh, quite strange. He was um, late to come back in the fourth quarter. I believe that the bench was just doing really well at that point, so Jalen Smith um, played 25 minutes. So he got a bit more of an extended run, 16 points, 11 rebounds, two steals, and a block, and was plus 12. So I don't think this is anything we need to really be worried about for Miles Turner. He was actually really good when he was in there, especially in the first half, he had like 20 points in the first half and five offensive rebounds or something like that um, and blocked three shots in this game. So he still was really good, but I was just interested, interesting to see that the minutes were quite low while, uh, yeah, Jalen Smith um, dominated and basically showed why we all got sucked into his stats last year. He's, he's actually quietly putting up a decent season so far this year. And in deep leagues, he is someone that you can, you can add and... If they're going to continue to play this shorter rotation, um, then he is someone that can give you rebounds and maybe a block every now and again, decent field goal percentage in deep leagues. I don't think I'm ready to trust it in 12, and maybe not even in 14-team leagues, but um, 16 or deeper, yeah, 100%. Jalen Smith should be rostered, and maybe in 14s if you're looking for someone who can give you some rebounds. 
Buddy Healed uh, just did Buddy Healed things. 10 points, uh, hit two threes. But again, we don't need to worry about rostering him. Let's go on to, unfortunately, my Boston Celtics. Man, losing to the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't like losing to Philly. But anyway, um, Jason Tatum, 15 rebounds was big to see. He also had three steals. He's had eight steals in the past two games, which on the week that he's bloody versing me in fantasy uh, in fantasy pickup, industry pickup, I should say. Um, yeah, that's hurting. But anyway, he, he did all right. Not the best from the field, um, but solid. There's really, when it comes to the Celtics, there's actually not a whole lot to talk about, so I'll keep it pretty brief. Um, the starters are uh, the only ones that we need to worry about. The bench, there's no value there, I don't think, outside of maybe a streaming option for threes in Sam Hauser. Um but that's really it. Let's talk about Jalen Brown, who was my number one bust candidate in the preseason for category leagues. And he has, so far, he's been bad. He's been poor. And um, I don't know how much better it's going to get. Now, I do think it does get better than this. But the concern always was here where you lose a Robert Williams, you lose a Marcus Smart, two low-usage player, and you bring in players like Drew Holiday and Chris Upspozingas, or two higher-usage players... And it's it's looking bad. So on the season so far, through seven games, he's averaging 21 points, 5.6 rebounds, 2.7 assists, uh, 1.1 steals per game on 43.8% from the field. I don't know how much better it's going to be than that. In fact, I would venture a guess to say that this is who he is, really. Maybe the field goal percentage comes up, so he's shooting 43.8%. Last year, he was at 49%. Um, the year before that, was at 47 So I do think he's probably going to shoot closer to sort of 47 48% from the field, which maybe brings his points from a 21.4 up to something like maybe a 23, 24 points per game. But this is why I was down on him compared to when he was going into the top 40 in drafts early in the preseason uh, because he doesn't have a lot else to fall back on. Um, so I don't really consider Jalen Brown to be a buy low unless you can get him for someone who is exactly around his ranking of 109 currently at the moment on nine category leagues. If you can get him for someone around that 100 mark, then sure, go for it if he fits what you need. But in terms of viewing what he's doing right now and expecting him to bounce back to 26, 27 points per game, that's not going to happen, I don't think. And and I think that what he's doing right now is what we're going to continue to see. Let's talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. And let's start over here with DeAnthony Melton, who continues to suck. Um, but I still think in category leagues, he needs to be someone you hold on to. He scored three points. Terrible. He shot one of nine from the field. He is not a good shooter. He's not a good field goal percentage guy. But he is not this bad. One for nine is terrible. One for seven from three and he's still got a steal in this game. He's had a steal, I think, every single game so far this season. Two assists, four rebounds. It's not great, but he will be better than this. Um, drop him if you want to, but if I was in your league, I would be picking him straight back up. We need to take some patience in this time. In a points league, it's by no means someone you need to hold on to. If you're in a points league, in a 10-team, 12-team league, you don't have to have D'Anthony Melton. He doesn't have the upside in that format. The thing here that we need to focus on is he's still getting 29 minutes. He got more minutes than Ubre. He got more minutes than anyone else on the bench. So in that type of role, we've seen D'Anthony Melton for years and years and years be someone who can be a top 100, top 75 player in this role. The shot just is not going down right now, and it will improve. 
Please be patient. Hold on. Buy low. Send your worst player. Send your second worst player out and get him if you need those steals and threes and blocks from a guard. He will be better than this. But I understand that it has sucked so far this season. The rest of the team, again, pretty similar story. Not too much to talk about here. Um, Tobias Harris, well, what do you know? He didn't shoot 65% from the field, and he had no steals and no blocks. Still 6 of 6 from the free throw line, which is good. But this is more along the lines of what I'm expecting from Tobias Harris moving forward. And if this line appeals to you, 17 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, good free throw percentage. He hit 1-3 then fine. That's, I think, what Tobias Harris is going to be. I still think that's useful, obviously, but he highlights why I believe he was a sell-high prior because I expect more of this moving forward. All right, let's go on to the Brooklyn versus Clippers game, and there's a bit to talk about here. Starting with the Clippers, they lose their second game uh, with the James Harden trade, so they're now 0-2 since he's joined the squad. And um, I'm monitoring here. Now, we still have... A bit of time for let's let this play out. But I'm monitoring here the usage and the field goal attempts. James Harden, 4 of 9. So he shot uh, not super poorly. 9 field goal attempts is the the big thing here. Russell Westbrook, 18 field goal attempts. Kawhi Leonard, 16. Paul George, 20 field goal attempts. James Harden, only 2 free throw attempts. Paul George had 8. Kawhi Leonard had 2. So in terms of a usage point of view... James Harden is obviously, now he's new to the team and maybe this is just a feeling out process and kind of getting settled in and then, you know, two weeks time, he's way up. That's that's plausible. I would hope if anyone, you know, knew basketball and was in, co- in, in charge of coaching a team that you wouldn't be giving Russell Westbrook 18 shot attempts a game when you've got James Harden, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on your team. I just don't think that's a recipe for good basketball. So I do expect that to turn around, but... There will be some growing pains in the meantime, and I don't think, this is why I don't think he's going to be, I think he should be viewed as more of a top 30 player, top 35 player, rather than a top 20 player, which he has been in other destinations. So, again, still lost to play out, but uh, one to monitor. Only had the five assists to West, Westbrook's eight, um, but the assists were gone from everyone else. One assist for Paul George, two assists for Kawhi Leonard. Now, they still were solid in other areas. Uh, three steals for Paul George, two steals for Kawhi. Both had a block per game. Um... Pretty poor shooting, especially from Paul George as well, but that's kind of par for the course with him. Um, so still solid. Kawhi, a little bit down, lower usage. You'd want that to pick up, but I do think it will. Um, and then with the injury news to uh, Mason Plumley, Ivisa Zubac played 29 minutes, and if he is on your waiver wire, I do think that he is definitely an add. Uh, he's a he's a back-end guy in a points league, less of a priority there, but in the category league, he's going to get you some good rebounds, some blocks, and good field goal percentage, so... He is definitely someone that I think, after that injury news, is what I would consider a must-roster player. So, uh, double-double with three blocks and efficient shooting. He will do that consistently, and the minutes seem pretty safe with that injury. So, I would definitely go and add him off the waiver wire. Uh, and the bench, nothing really to write home about here, except for let's just give a shout-out to defensive all-star Norman Powell for two steals and two blocks in this game. And uh, just as I go up against him in a matchup and I need to win steals and win blocks and Norman Powell just comes out of nowhere and offers two steals and two blocks. Just, you love to see it. You absolutely love to see it. Uh, obviously, that's sarcasm. Um, let's go on to the Brooklyn Nets. Now, let's first talk about Cam Thomas, who left this game with an injury. I believe it was an ankle injury and did not return, hence only the 20 minutes. He still put up his usual 14 shots um, and had a couple of free throw attempts and got 14 points in that time, but he looks like he might be missing some time. 
Uh, I think some people were saying that he was on, he had a, a moon boot uh, leaving the stadium. So he looks like he might miss some time. Now, few things going on here because Claxton and I believe Cam Johnson were sent to the G League as part of their rehab. Now, I don't necessarily know how what this means in terms of how close they are to a return or if, you know, maybe it's next game. Maybe they're training there while, um, I don't know, while something else is going on. I don't really know if that provides us much information. It, it makes me feel a little bit more encouraged that they're not too far away, but... That's one thing. Ben Simmons also missed this game with their hip... I think they labeled it hip soreness. Um, So I don't know how serious that is. So I don't think he's an ad immediately, but if we just keep an eye on the news for the Nets, what the player we want to look at for is a Dennis Smith Jr., especially if you're looking for those assist and defensive stats. In this game, he played 25 minutes and had five assists and two steals. He is one of the better players to stream in for defensive stats when he can get play, uh, minutes in the mid-20s. And if you've got Cam Thomas, um, Ben Simmons, Nicholas Claxton, Cam Johnson all out, then you're running out of options. And I do think that De- uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be forced into a larger playing role and he can get those stats for you. But... On the flip side, Ben Simmons might be back, and if those other two guys are, in fact, near the return and they both come back in as well, then Dennis Smith is going to go back to someone that you're not going to be able to use at all. So I don't think I would be rushing to add him, but keep an eye on the wave, or sorry, on the injury news for the, the, um, the Brooklyn Nets, and you might be able to stream in Dennis Smith for at least a few games uh, whilst those guys are on the, uh, on the mend. Um, other players in Royce O'Neal and Dorian Finney-Smith are solid guys to have. Again, while those other players are out, they both put up three blocks, nine rebounds for Finney-Smith, 10 rebounds for Royce O'Neal, and both hit four of eight from three. Nearly, honestly, it's actually kind of spooky how identical these lines are. Look at this. 12 points, 12 points, three blocks, three blocks. Ah, Finney-Smith ruined it with a steal. No steal for Royce O'Neal. Two assists, two assists. Nine rebounds, 10 rebounds. Um, even defensive and offense, three offensive each. No free throws for each, four of eight each, and four of 11, and four for 10. How spooky is that? That is that is wild, actually. Um, uh, uh, is it the same player that they just duplicated twice? Uh, astounding. Uh, bad game here from Mikhail Bridges. 34 minutes, shot poorly, but he did have uh, seven assists, two steals, and two blocks. Um, so it is encouraging to see that when the shot isn't going down, he is able to do old Mikhail Bridges things, but I would say so far he has been somewhat disappointing if you drafted him in the second round. All right, let's move on to the next one here. Another not-so-close game, although the minutes for the Knicks would have you believe otherwise. Uh, the Spurs go down to the New York Knicks. It was a pretty poor game for, for Wemby. 14 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, and only 1 block. Uh, 4 of 14 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3. He did hit all of his free throws, 6 of 6 there. And this is the Wemby experience. Again, rookies, poor field goal percentage, high turnovers, inconsistent game to game. You're going to have to live with that. Someone asked me the other day, who do I prefer, Chet or Wemby? And my initial response was Wemby in a vacuum because I think he has more utility on a team that's punting field goal percentage. But if you're not punting field goal percentage, and that's a category you want to win, and remember we spoke about Wemby in the preseason after he went off for that explosion in the uh, preseason games and talked about how to best utilize him, and it was in a punt field goal percentage build. If you drafted him without that in mind, then I would actually probably prefer a Chet Holmgren at this stage just because of the efficiency, and I think um, the blocks are going to be relatively similar, rebounds relatively similar. The scoring, I think you're going to have more offensive explosions like that 38-point game from Wemby, but you're also 
going to have more volatility in his shooting percentages like this game. Uh, let's check in on Jeremy Sohan, who has 16 points, 6 rebounds, and 5 assists. No defensive stats, but was efficient from the field. Didn't hurt you from the free throw line because he didn't take any. And this is a solid performance. I would love to see more defensive stats from him, but this, to me, still makes him worth rostering in category leagues and in points leagues. You have to understand the deficiencies that are going to come with his game, but I do believe that he can improve and give you some assistance in certain areas if your team is set up to handle his deficiencies. Uh, Malachi Brennan didn't do much in his 24 minutes. He's someone we can leave on the waiver wire. And again, not too much else to talk about. We'll, we'll touch on Devin Vassell, who reta- returned in this game, but only played 12 minutes off the bench, four points, two rebounds, and two assists. He will be better than this, obviously. This will hurt his ranking, obviously, because it's going to all be all baked in. But he was obviously on a minute's limit, and uh, this game was out of hand, so no need to really extend him. I think he'll be fine. The good news is that he's back this early after Pop was saying that he was going to be out a while. He missed, what, two to three games and is now back in the lineup. So that is all positive. And Trey Jones still really assists and steals specialist. 25 minutes, he can do that in that time. So I still think he's worth holding, but I don't know if the ceiling's much higher than this. Let's talk about the New York Knicks and Julius Randle finally did an absolutely murder your field goal percentage. Still not great, but 8 of 19 from the field. You can at least live with that. He did, however, give you awesome rebounds and assists. 16 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal, and 23 points. Hit two threes, and that is very good. Um, Jalen Brunson had a bounce back after his terrible game last game. 25 points, 6 assists. Still no defensive stats, and that is a bit of a concern for him. He's not going to... Well, he basically won't block many shots at all this season. Um, We want to see him try to get to that one steal, 1.1, 1.2 steals per game. Um, I think he was at 1.3 last I checked. This will bring it down. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, the RJ Barrett efficiency renaissance continues. 24 points, hit five of nine threes, and all three of his free throws. Who is this dude? Um, Right now, you can absolutely roster him. And I was counting him out in the preseason. I was officially done with him. So far, and it's early, there's plenty of time for him to disappoint us, but so far, he's been way more efficient this season and is looking like someone that if you got late, if this continues, which I do still have my doubts, that would be a massive bargain. Um, the only uh, Let's talk about the rest of the, the lineup here. Uh, quickly, went back up to 28 minutes. Remember, we talked about him in yesterday's show, and I said he was a hold. Uh, so really good results here. 19 points, 5 assists, and a steal, and he hit three threes. Did it relatively efficiently. So that is a good performance for Emmanuel quickly, and he did that with most people still being healthy. Josh Hart, I'm less convinced about Josh Hart. DiVincenzo, you can absolutely leave off waiver wires. Um, Josh Hart, I also don't think is worth rostering, and same with Quinton Grimes. They, those three players, I would have clearly behind uh, quickly, and they probably do need an injury to come into standard league calculation. All right, let's talk about an overtime game. And uh, for my industry pickup league, we finally saw, and everyone else who has him, um, but for my team, we saw the return of Bradley Beal. Yay, he plays basketball. Um, And he was okay, a bit rusty, 3 of 12 from the field and 
It did have a minutes limit, played 24 minutes and did not uh, play any time in overtime at all. Um, 13 points, four rebounds, four assists. He had a block. He hit three threes. Perfect from the free throw line. Um, he will be better than this, and uh, it's just good to have him out there. What about the line from Yusuf Nurkic? This is a monster line. 20 points, 17 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 uh, steals. He was 50% from the field. He did have 6 turnovers and uh, you know not super efficient from the free throw line, but that is a very good performance for Nurk in 38 minutes. Going back to the old Nurk alert uh, kind of line. Uh, Kevin Durant was Kevin Durant, perfect from the free throw line. He'd been a little bit poorer from there, but good to see him get that efficiency back. Um, and Grayson Allen had a big game. Eight threes um, and randomly contributed four assists, a steal and two blocks as well. You don't want to get that very often, but he is a good three-point streamer. Or if you really desperately need threes for your matchup, you can roster him. But he won't be this good every night. And the bench was a bit whatever. After Eubanks was starting to, uh, you know, Make uh, Yusuf Nurkic a little nervous. Nurkic said, hold my beer, and uh, yeah, pushed him back down to 14 minutes. Made his only shot and both his free throws, but in those kind of minutes, it's going to be hard to trust him. But always a, a blocks and field goal percentage streamer. Chicago Bulls. I want to start here by talking about Alex Caruso. He was phenomenal in this game. Uh, he was a plus 24, clearly the most influential player for this team on the night. 19 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks. Uh, Amazingly efficient, 7 of 9. He won't be that good every night. 4 of 5 from 3 as well. I think that in category leagues, he is someone that we need to go and add. He was down in minutes prior to this game because of an elbow injury. And I do think that they also try to limit his minutes on at least one of the back-to-back games. Um, So Chicago... They don't play again until Sunday, so they obviously felt fine pushing him out there with a decent amount of minutes tonight. And when he gets minutes, even if it's mid-20s, this guy is absolutely a guy that you need to have on your team for steals, blocks, assists, and sold enough uh, field goal percentage as well from a point guard. So it won't be this great, but I do believe that this is a guy that we need to have on our roster because uh, Torrey Craig only played 20 minutes. Um, I think the signs are not looking good for Patrick Williams and his future. He only played 21 minutes. So really, Caruso is the fifth guy on this um, you know, starting group or, or the best five on this team. And I do believe that if the Bulls want to do anything legitimate this season, he's going to have to play decent minutes. So uh, I think that he is someone who I would prioritize. If he is on your waiver wire and you can use these steals and blocks and assists that he can provide, I would 100% be going and looking to get him on my team. The rest of this team, uh, we had a nice bounce back game, especially in the assist department for Zach Levine. So again, another one who got the uh, the buy low bump. He shot efficiently as well, over 50% from the field, hit three threes, uh, missed a couple of free throws, which kind of sucks, but it's the eight assists and the efficient shooting that's really nice. That'll help his value and uh, yep, maybe makes the buy low a little bit harder. Um, and Marta Rosen, inefficient from this game. Uh, defensive stats are nice, won't get that very often. And the rest is all pretty standard. 11 points, 6 assists, 3 steals, and a block for Kobe White. I still think that he has a place in category leagues, uh, especially if you're punting uh, field goal percentage. I do believe that he is someone that you can definitely have on your roster. And if he was dropped in your league, I would be going and adding him as long as you can live with the poor efficiency from the field. And and a similar thing in in points leagues. I think he is someone that you can have on your team. Um, Let's go to another. So from a close overtime game to an absolute ass-kicking, the Houston Rockets smash the Los Angeles Lakers, and maybe this is, uh, well, LeBron James. 
He didn't play over 30 minutes. Oh, look at this. This is the second game of the season that they've stuck, stuck to the uh, the minutes limit. He had 18 points, six rebounds, two assists. Obviously, we're not too worried about that with uh, the blow at nature. Christian Wood, we thought with Anthony Davis ruled out uh, for this game, we were going to get a good Christian Wood game. And he went, mm, nah, uh, I'm going to be shit. And he was shit. So he only had one field goal attempt, missed it. Uh, no blocks, no steals, four rebounds. He was looking decent up until this game. So the stream of Christian Wood made sense. If you started him, it made sense. The logic was there. But unfortunately, Christian Wood just doesn't give a shit about your fantasy team. And he just went, no, nah, I'm not, not going to be good tonight, boys. Um, so, yes. I don't know how long Anthony Davis is going to be out for. I don't think it's very serious. So, if you had Christian Wood and there's someone else you want to add, I think he's fine to drop and move on. He's just not a very good fa- not a good player, really, um, despite being a good permanent producer. Um, I reckon a lot of people are going to be running out to grab Rui Hachimura, and I don't think you should. He had 24 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, and a block. He did it on a crazy, unsustainable shooting, 10 of 14 from the field, hit 2 of his 3 threes, and when Anthony Davis is back, when uh, Vanderbilt is back, and when the Lakers are not getting absolutely blown out and he's not red hot, he's just not going to be valuable. He is a 16-teamer grab, maybe. I don't even know if I'd worry about it in 14-team leagues. Um, I Because he scored 24 points, he's probably going to be one of the most added players uh, tomorrow or by the time this podcast comes out even. Um, I would be much rather prov- uh, chasing someone like a Caruso or looking at someone like a Dorian Finney-Smith or a Royce O'Neal or one of those types um, if those other guys are out than a Rui Hachimura. I just don't think that that is sustainable. There's really not much else to talk about for the Lakers, so we'll move on from there. And Shengun, he's uh, he's killing it, man. I've moved him up in my projections. He is, I think, going to hit the higher end of the outcomes for my projections of him. 19.7 rebounds, 4 assists. It's not the greatest of line, but 80% from the field. He only did 25 minutes because the game was over uh, at three-quarter time, so he didn't need to extend himself. Um, so uh, just hi- using this opportunity to highlight that. I think Shangun's going to be really, really good this season. And uh, yeah. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. Poor shooting night from Fetty Van Vliet, but 10 assists and a steal, and he hit a three, and both, all his free throws is solid. Don't panic on him. Uh, Jalen Green had a good line, 28 points, seven rebounds, three assists, and a steal. Look, we know he can go off and score a lot. Um, I still am concerned, three assists and a steal. It's not anything to really change my mind on him. So I still kind of view him as in a category league, like a hundred-ish kind of ranked value player. His points maybe make his ranking, like his value is worth more than what his ranking may suggest because you can't replace that with anyone on the waiver wire. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe he'll do uh, an RJ Barrett one time and, and just, um, you know, turn it around all of a sudden and, and prove me wrong. Um, we'll see. Tari Eason returns this game. He only played the 14 minutes. He had nine rebounds, two assists, and nine points. Got up 10 shots in that time, but uh, I don't think that we really need to worry about him outside of streaming steals and maybe rebounds as well. Uh, I just don't think that there's really much opportunity for him to get the minutes without another one of these players getting injured. Um, so watch him. Deeper leagues, sure, have a crack. If you desperately need steals... You can have a crack as well, but I'm not getting my hopes up to yet, and I don't think for most teams he makes a lot of sense, especially in points leagues. He's not worth a grab in points leagues. Let's go to the Memphis Grizzlies, who lost again, 1-7. They lost to Miami Heat, and another injury in this game, Tyler Hero went down, and this is another one where he basically said he reckons it's going to be two weeks. Uh, Played only eight minutes, so... The player who stepped up in Tyler Hero's absence was Kyle Lowry. And again, if we want to think about players we want to add off the waiver wire, I'd be adding Kyle Lowry ahead of someone like a uh, Rui Hachimura. He had 17 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists, 1 steal. He hit 4 threes in all 3 of his free throws. He definitely stepped up and will need to step up if Tyler Hero is out for this team. Now, he won't be this good, but he played 35 minutes and he can at least give you some threes, assists, and steals. Um... I don't think the scoring and rebounding will be as strong as this on most nights, but I do believe that he is someone that needs to add while Tyler Hero is out uh, in 12-team leagues and maybe even in 10-team leagues if you need those assists. Um, He can definitely provide those uh, at least while Tyler Hero is out. Bam is is having a great season so far. Um, 30 points, 11 rebounds. The one assist is always annoying when Kyle Lowry gets his nine, but three blocks and a steal, very efficient. Um, got to the free throw line, hit a lot of those, so that is looking good. He is taking a lot more of the slack off Jimmy Butler, who is someone that last game he put up a decent night, but he'd been kind of underwhelming as uh, overall for the season, so he could be potentially someone that is a bit of a buy low, but I also think that we need to just change our expectations on Jimmy a little bit. He is often someone that we're uh, people will say that he's like a first-round guy on a per-game basis. I don't know if he's going to be that this season. He's not getting to the free throw line as much. He's not getting as many assists at this stage. The steals are there, but they're not elite elites like they sometimes are for him. He's solid. He's doing okay, and it's nothing really to totally panic on. But again, in a per-game basis, I think we probably need to view him more as like a second round, back-end second round type of player per game. And then you've also got to continue to deal with the issues of him missing a lot of time throughout the season. Um, So, you know, value that what you will. Uh, In terms of the bench here, Duncan Robinson played 35 minutes. Again, without Tyler Hero, he's going to get some minutes, but he's not fantasy relevant unless you desperately need threes. Um, Hami Haquez, 11 points, two steals, two assists. He's a steals guy in a deep league if you need to look at it, and he might get a slight bump here with Tyler Hero out. 
I don't think we still, even with the Tyler Hero injury, need to worry about Josh Richardson. He's just not looked very good this year. Um, uh, Highsmith, 14 points with a steal and three blocks. Maybe in a 14-team league you have a look at it, but in 12s, he's definitely more of a watch list guy um, more than anything. Uh, sorry, guys, just getting a quick call. I'll reply that back. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies, they um, continue to struggle. Jaron Jackson Jr. is still doing his things. The low rebounds we, we kind of can expect from him time to time. 28 points, uh, only one block in this game, but still really solid. 50% from the field and hit two threes, 80% from the free throw line. That is Goodish, I guess. Uh, you would like the blocks and rebounds to be a bit higher, but you can't complain too much. Let's talk about Bismack Biombo. He played 30 minutes. He had 10 rebounds, didn't have a block, and hit, but he hit all four of his shots 100% from the field. It's okay. It's solid. Um, is he the long-term answer? Absolutely not. Can he be useful in um, a while while... Uh, what's his name? Xavier Tillman is out. Yes, but he's limited. And as soon as Tillman is back, I think you're going to see Bismack Biombo's minutes dramatically fall off. So just know that it's a very short-term play and it's going to be sporadic production. Um, Desmond Bain, pretty pretty poor in this game, actually. Four of 16, so 25% from the field, hit two threes. Uh, he did have uh, a steal and two blocks and hit two threes here. So, you know, not terrible, but again... We were grabbing him, you know, people were grabbing him in the second round, early third round for the fact that he was going to go off while Ja Morant has been away. And he's been good, um, but I don't think he's been... Like, if you were drafting him in the second round, you, you kind of wanted him to return, like, first round value in these first 25 games because he's going to fall off when... Um, Oh, I stand correct. He's, he's, he's the 17th ranked player in nine category league, averaging 25 points, three threes, five rebounds. Yeah, I mean, look, actually, I stand corrected. The 1.9 steals is definitely boosting up his value, um, which is something. And the 0.9 blocks, which are two things that I did not see coming, um, and I do think are going to fall away. So, again, if those things return back to normal, he's probably looking at more like that 30th ranked player while Ja Morant is out. So... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how things go. I think that is neither a bad thing for the start of the season, but probably also not necessarily a good thing. Um, we'll have to wait and see how it all pans out when Jar comes back. All right, let's go to the next game here. Milwaukee versus Orlando, and I have got a bit to say about this game. Um, we'll we'll talk about the Bucks when we get there, but um, another big game in at least one area for Asar Thompson. 15 rebounds, 3 assists, had a block, no steals, and you know it wasn't great from the field here. 3 of 8. Um, look, 15 rebounds. You're going to bloody take that from a small forward player. Um, so he was solid. Jalen Duran, uh, after his amazing start, foul troubles kind of limited him a little bit. He had another 5 fouls in this game. 28 minutes, 11 points, 12 rebounds. The 5 assists are really encouraging. I really love and think that he is an underrated passer. Uh, lacking a little bit in the blocks. Um, now he was poorer as a blocks player uh, last season. Showed a little bit more the first few games, but has kind of slowed down a little bit there. But I still think he's going to be essentially a top 65, 70 player for the rest of the season. And Cade Cunningham had a big game here. 33 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, hit 2 threes and 90% from the free throw line. He did have 5 turnovers. He did have poor field goal percentage. But remember the context. When I'm talking about these players and when I'm referring to them in a minus 1 ranking, it involves a player like Cade, Punting field goal percentage, punting turnovers. And if you're doing that for him, he's he's basically a top 50 player, which is 
essentially where he was going. You would love to see the steals and blocks maybe come up a little bit more. And for the shots to go in at a little bit higher of a rate, instead of hitting two threes, maybe he hits three and gets him to 36 points, eight rebounds, eight assists, and a three. And if he gets a steal there, that's an awesome, awesome line. So a lot of people are worried about him and saying, he's killing me, he's ruining my turnovers. And that was always going to be the case. He was always going to be a guy that turns the ball over. The reason maybe you might feel a bit ripped off is because I don't talk about it a lot because I simply just don't care. Um, I don't care about him turning the ball over because I expected that to be the case. And if I was drafting him, I would have punted it. Just like if I draft someone like a um, Trey Young in the second round, I'm punting turnovers, I'm punting field goal percentage. That's what I'm doing with those players. So I hope... At least, if anything, if you didn't draft him with that in mind, that this is a lesson for next season, that when you're drafting in a category league, guys, and when you're looking at rankings and looking at minus one values, know what a player provides, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, and especially those early round guys, build on their strengths. Because if you are punting field goal percentage, you look at this line, you go, great, 33 points, two threes, eight rebounds, eight assists, awesome. Oh, he shoot, you know, poorly from the field. Ah, don't care. I was going to lose that category anyway. Five turnovers. Ah, don't care. I was going to lose that anyway. It doesn't matter to you. So I think that that is always very important. And I've talked about Cade too much right now, but I think that that is something that I do want to Really just get into everyone's head. Um, Killian Hayes was okay here. 14 points, 4 assists, and a steal. He's going to continue to be solid, but again, last game he hit the or last couple games he was efficient from the field. This is more what we expect from him moving forward to you know hurt you from the field uh, again. Don't worry about it if you can deal with it, but if you are not set up to deal with it, just have that in mind. Um, and let's talk about Sassy Marcus Sasa. Twenty nine minutes, twenty six points, six rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Hit three threes. Was very very efficient. Now he has been efficient on multiple games this season. So I'm not arguing that he's going to be a guy that is going to be really bad from the field, but he's not going to be this good from the field either. I've been pleasantly surprised about his level of play. I did not rate him very much going to the draft. I had him as a second-round talent, but he's looked really good, and he's forcing himself into minutes here and is a fine short-term add while these guys are out. I do expect it to eventually dry up. I've added him in the uh, the 30-deep league, and... Bloody stoked with this performance. Obviously, in a 30-team league where you pick someone up off the waiver wire, um, that's awesome. But I do think that we need to temper expectations. It'll fall back. But for now, throw them out there. Let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. And should I swear? No, I'll keep this one clean. But bloody hell. What was that tech on Giannis, man? If you haven't, go and look up the Giannis' tech, the second tech for Giannis that got him ejected. Now, he had played 22 minutes in this game, 15 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 blocks is still bloody good. You would have liked to see him shoot more efficiently from the field, but the fact that he got teched after dunking the ball and flexing, like, didn't swear, didn't even, like, hold it very long. It was a split-second flex, and the, the ref just went, teed up, you're gone, get out of here. What are we doing here, NBA? Um players need to be allowed to show some emotion. It is high stakes. We want the games to mean something. The players need to be invested and care. And if they care, they're going to be showing emotion. And to send this guy out after that is absolutely rubbish, in my opinion. Uh, I really, really despise that that is something that can happen. Now, I'm all, I'm all for taunting or, you know, you know, things that are, you know, clear in the rules, like you can't, you can't just flip off someone in the crowd. You can't give the bird to someone uh, on the opposing team's bench or anything like that. But come on, man, like flexing after a dunk and that's it, you're gone. 
Like, let's have a little bit more feel for the game, man, because that is horrible. But anyway, that's my rant. That's not fantasy-related, but far out. That really pissed me off watching that. Anyway, for fantasy purposes, let's look at Jay Crowder. He played 37 minutes in this game. He had 10 points, three of six from the field, two uh, threes, had two assists and a steal. Not super high upside, but he is someone that if you're in a competitive league and you need... Um, you know, maybe someone with back-end value to stream in a little bit. They play again tomorrow on the low-volume day. It'll be interesting to see if... Um, who was out in this game? Someone was out. I can't... Uh, oh, Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton was out in the first game of a back-to-back. So if Chris Middleton comes back, who goes to the bench? Is it Beasley or is it Crowder? Um, I'm watching on. I'm watching this, and if you want to speculate, we go ahead and add Jay Crowder, especially in a 14-team league. I think that that's not a not a bad play to make because I would not be shocked if Malik Beasley is the one that moves to the bench and not Jake Jay Crowder when Middleton comes on. And Crowder can have some appeal, more 14-team leagues in uh, 30 plus minutes a night, which he could potentially get. Um, Brooke Lopez, 14 points, six rebounds and four blocks. Great. The blocks are back. Awesome. Um, the usage is down where we expect it to be. This is a fine line. Um, so a little bit of a bounce back, but again, I don't think it's much to get you super excited for him, but he can do this from time to time and that is fine. Um, the bench, Bobby Portis put up decent, uh, decent game, probably got benefit a little bit with, um, Giannis getting tossed out of this game and playing limited minutes. So he play, he had 18 points, five rebounds and two assists in a points league. He's fine in a category league. I probably wouldn't bother on most nights in a 12 team league, more of a 14 team guy for points and rebounds and, and maybe a bit of field goal percentage, but that's it. Uh, in a points league, he's a little bit better. All right, we're getting through it, guys. We're getting through it. Where are we up to now? We're up to Minnesota versus the New Orleans Pelicans. And this one was another bit of a blowout game. Um, Not super close here. Um, uh, The the score looks a little bit more flattering than what it actually was. Um, So let's talk about... The random start from Jeremiah Robertson Earl. Um, I saw somewhere that he was starting, and I thought, oh, is Chet out for OKC? Completely forgetting that he was on the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, But he had 11 points and 9 rebounds. I'm not excited. I'm not bothering to add him. Um, Zion missed this game. Um, What did Zion miss the game for? Was it um, just rest? Because he only rested recently. Or is there something more suspicious about this one. I'm just going to look this one up on the fly. Sorry here, guys. Just want to make sure I give you guys accurate information. Um, Personal reasons. Okay. Keep an eye on that. Don't know exactly what that means. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know what that means. Maybe it's, uh, you know, dealing with his... uh, his kid. Uh, let's let's have a look at the rest of the team. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas, 22 minutes, even without Zion. Now, a bit of it's due to the blowout, and he probably wouldn't have played in the last quarter. 8.6 rebounds, 4 of 9 from the field. Uh, I do think that he's trending slowly, slowly towards a drop. Um, not yet, but again, the sell-high window that we were talking about a couple games ago is closing very fast. Uh, Hawkins came back to earth a little bit. He did hit two threes in all four of his free throws, but 14 points, one rebound, one assist is, again, more like what I expect from Hawkins moving forward. And and that has value. That has some use. And he could be better than this in the next game here moving forward, but definitely don't expect what he put up last game. But, um, yeah, again, he might have got more minutes if this game was closer. Dyson Daniels finally cracked 30 minutes, 31 minutes. For him, uh, look, it's not the most impressive line, but seven points, five assists, and four steals are definitely useful. He can get steals, assists, rebounds. Um, normally, I would expect him to be a little bit more efficient from the field than this, um, but again, 
more of that guy that fits a need if you need to, uh, whilst a CJ McCollum uh, is out. I still think that in competitive 12-team leagues, I'd be holding on to Dyson Daniels because I think at least someone on your team can use those rebounds, assists, and steals. If you're punting the threes or punting the free throw percentage and have a a really strong team in field goal, then you can definitely use a player like Dyson Daniels. Um, I think that that is fine. The rest of this game, you can pretty much throw out for the Pelicans. Let's go on to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Rudy Gobert pulled down every bloody rebound in this game. He had 21 rebounds, which left Towns with only three, but Towns had a much better performance from the field. Uh, 23 points, shooting 9 of 12. Hit 4 of his 5 threes as well. So that's a much better uh, bounce back for him, who'd been struggling the last... Well, had a bad game the last game, especially in his scoring department. You'd like the rebounds, assists, and blocks and things to be a bit more there. Um, But, you know... Gobert will grab a lot of rebounds. He won't grab 21 rebounds every game. So I think that Towns will be better moving forward. And this is a positive sign, at least, especially for his confidence. And again, low low minutes because of the blowout 28. So he'll get like mid-30s uh, most nights. Um, Anthony Edwards, he's playing really well, man. He's he's bloody good. I, I, I do really like him. Um, the efficiency, it's not been horrible. Um, so small step forward there. Three steals, two blocks, eight assists, 26 points, uh, two threes. All very, very nice. Good game for him. Mike Conley keeps chugging along. 12 points, efficient. Uh, hit four threes, which is nice. Four steal, four assists and a steal is good. McDaniels was kind of bad, but again, in a blowout like this, he didn't really need to extend himself. Uh, he's a back-end guy, not a points lead player either. Um, eh, yeah, there's really not much else to talk about this team. Um, you can kind of almost throw out a lot of it because of the low minutes and blowout nature. To the game, we're going to keep moving on because we, uh, we're still trucking along here. We are then now moving on to the OKC Thunder versus the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. The Thunder get the win here. Mobley puts up an efficient 22 points. I'd love the rebounds to be a bit higher, but they have been higher, so we'll give them a pass here. A steal and a block. Um, hit all his free throws and was efficient from the field, so that is nice. Jarrett Allen is ramping his minutes back up, up to 26 minutes on this game here. 14 points, 6 rebounds, 2 steals and a block, 4 of 6 from the field. This is kind of what I'm expecting from uh, Allen moving forward. Um, let's, Let's watch his minutes and see how high they can go. Is this still him ramping up or is this kind of where they settle in? Um, curious to see if if that's the case because we still saw, what, 13 minutes from um, Tristan Thompson. So in terms of the center minutes between Thompson and Allen, that's 39 minutes, which means you've got nine minutes of Mobley at center, which if that can continue, if that's going to be the level that we see that move forward, then I still feel good about where I had Evan Mobley at the start of the season. And uh, yeah, I still think that that is a possibility. Uh, we had eight turnovers from Darius Garland. Again, if you're punting turnovers, you don't care. If you look after them, that does sting. That is a lot of turnovers. Uh, but he did have nine assists and 15 points. Um, he's been a bit slow to get going this season, but is picking things up. Um, Donovan Mitchell did his thing, 20 points, two steals, five assists, five uh, rebounds. Pretty poor from the field, but he'll be better than that most nights. And Karis LeVert had a good line, uh, 29 uh, points, five rebounds, five assists. He was efficient from the field and from the free throw line. Big volume as well. So normally that would really hurt you, but 13 of 16 is a positive, and that does help you. Uh, If he goes 10 of 16, that really hurts you. So slim margins there for Karis LeVert, but this game, he he definitely put up a big stat line. So you're cheering if you have him on your fantasy team. Let's talk about the OKC Thunder. Chet had 15 on a 70% shooting from the field. Very efficient. Three blocks of steel. 
two assists. Um, he looks so good, man. I, I'm such a big fan of his. Uh, I had him number one in his draft class, and I have been very much... Um, I feel very good about that with... Uh, what's that? How many games is that into there? Eight games into his career so far. Shea Gildas-Alexander, an absolute monster line. Uh, 43 points, six assists, two steals, a block, seven rebounds, hit a three, 12 of 13 from the free throw line, and 15 of 22 from the field. Huge, huge, huge performance. One of the best performances of the entire season so far. Um Great. This is obviously what we want to see more of. This is the first time we've seen, I think, off the top of my head, a big, big free throw line. Um, so he can still do it, obviously. That's really reassuring. Josh Giddy has been someone that people have been really, really struggling with uh, and being quite annoyed. I can look at this a few different ways. First of all, he got his six assists, his two steals and a block, which is good for him. Those defensive stats, you take them and you run from him. They're not often going to be there. The six assists are nice-ish. I have my doubts whether or not he's going to be able to get to the seven assists that I might have hoped for him in the preseason. The other thing that we need to look at here is he shot four of 11 from the field. So under 40%. He's a guy that last season shot 48%, and I do believe that that can improve. So if this is more like a six of 11, he hits one of his threes, He's 13, 5, and 6 with two steals and a block. That looks more like a Josh Giddy line to me. So whilst I do think there will be disappointment for him, and I think he probably will be a bit of a, I don't know, you call it a bust, but he won't reach his ADP in conventional rankings. I do think it's going to be better than this, so I would definitely be holding, and I would consider him a buy low. But make sure you buy quite low. Send out someone who's maybe you don't think is going to be a top 100 player moving forward and see if you can get Josh Giddy on your team. And in a points league, I do think that he can still be a top 75, top 70, maybe top 60 player in uh, points leagues, especially over there. He's better in that format. Um, the rest of the team, we don't really need to talk about much here. Not No huge steals yet for Jalen Williams. He got one here. Still looking solid, but again, we need those steals to boost up to get his value really cooking. Uh, and that hasn't happened just yet. All right, three to go. Oh, I'm getting old doing this. <laughs> uh, Toronto Raptors versus the Dallas Mavericks. And in this game, there was a an out for the Dallas Mavericks for Derek Lively, who, you know, had a bit of a sniffles. Um, and uh, so that was sucky for my industry pickup team. But anyway, we move on. Uh, Pascal Siakam, bounce back. A lot of people were panicking on him. He was on the buy low show and he got the buy low bump. Positive things, had 25 shots, by far the most on this team, hit 15 of them. The field goal percentage came back up, which was the thing that was most confident would improve. 12 rebounds, 5 assists is good that he can do that. No steals and no blocks, that's going to happen with him. Is this going to continue? We'll monitor it. We'll, we'll definitely monitor it. Scotty Barnes was was not feeling it today. He's it, He was very inefficient in terms of from the field, so maybe that limited his aggression and use uh, usage rate. We'll see. He still had 39 minutes. Pascal had 37 minutes, and OG had 36. Those big three are getting theirs. Uh, and in saying that, Scotty Barnes still did everything else. 14 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 steals, 2 blocks. So great. Um, still a fantastic line. The efficiency was bad, but everything else was great. OG is looking really good. Uh, 26 points, 2 assists, 5 rebounds, hit 3 threes, and was very efficient as well. Um, Dennis Schroeder scored well. Let's talk about Pascal Siakam. He, I don't believe, played 
any minutes in the fourth quarter. They, they closed without him. They closed with Otto Porter Jr. in the closing lineup and a little bit of... A little bit of dick action in there as well. They, they slid the dick in there in the uh, the fourth quarter instead of him. So they played a bit smaller at the expense of Jakob Pertl. Four rebounds, uh, sorry, 4.6 rebounds, three assists, two steals, no blocks. He shot 40% from the field. It's a little bit concerning um, that they just opted to go away from him. So whilst I was keen on him as a buy low and not someone to panic on, this is something for us to at least monitor moving forward. Not panicking just yet, but let's see if it becomes a trend and if they go away from him or whether this was just a, a matchup-based thing. That it, there's not really any big centers on the Dallas Mavericks. You're not worried about Dwight Powell in this game. So um, maybe it was just a matchup thing and the next game he can come out and, and play more minutes, but we'll, we'll monitor it. Uh, Dallas Mavericks, uh, like I said, no Derek Lively, so you had Dwight Powell start. He is not someone we need to worry about. Honey had the one shot, six rebounds, and a block. Yeah, don't worry about him. Uh, Kyrie Irving, he's doing he's doing all right. Uh, five assists, 22 points. He would have loved to steal in there, but really good. Eight of 19, so f- efficient enough. Uh, Luca did his thing as well, 31 points, eight assists, seven rebounds, four steals, and a block. Didn't hit a lot of his threes and, and still has the free throw issue issue a little bit. 70% from the line there. Um, not super efficient from the field either, but can't really complain about anything like that. The rest of this team's not that interesting. Tim Hardaway Jr. is solid if you're looking for points and threes. Doesn't provide much else, but that definitely does have value in uh, teams and on, on fantasy rosters. So as long as you're not expecting much else and are aware that if he doesn't hit his shots, he's going to provide you next to nothing then that's fine. Uh, he can continue to do that. And they do need him to shoot because there's not a whole lot of scoring on this team. Uh, we should talk about Grant Williams, though. I did not think that he was a 12-team ad. He's more of a 14-16 team league guy for me. And this is kind of why I don't see him as a guy who watched a lot of Celtics game last year. He can go on these hot streaks and hit some shots. But he's never going to be a high usage player. He's not. He can't create his own shot. He relies very heavily on getting open catch-and-look shots and if they go in and the defense chooses to leave him over someone else, then he can knock them down from time to time. He's a good defender without getting a lot of steals. He doesn't get any assists. He's not a great rebounder either. So I just don't see the appeal of Grant Williams, even in these big minutes. Um, I just don't see it, really. He can have a good game every now and again, but in category leagues, uh, uh, and points leagues for that matter as well, I just I don't think you, could, you should really bother. Um, let's talk second last game. Golden State Warriors uh, narrowly go down to the Denver Nuggets. Um, they were without Draymond Green in this game. I thought they might start Chris Paul, but they decided to go with Dario Saric instead, who had four points, eight rebounds, two assists. Not someone we need to worry about. Um Andrew Wiggins is someone we need to worry about. In fact, uh, I've got a question here from a fan. Can we panic now? Uh, um, Ron asked, if, can we panic now? And I said that, yes, you can panic, and I still think it is panic stations. Now, the good news for Andrew Wiggins here is that with no Draymond, he did close the game out in this one. There was no uh, Draymond, and there was also no Gary Payton the second. So those were some of the players that uh, Kavon Looney and Wiggins were often benched for down the stretch of games, and they'd opt to go with a Steph Curry, Clay, um, Draymond, and Gary Payton lineup. They obviously had two of those guys out, so Wiggins and Kevon Looney both played nearly 30 minutes each. It's a positive sign that he wasn't subbed in this game, but if he was subbed in this game and they went with someone like Saric over him, well, then I'd be just throwing things out of the window and saying, you need to drop this man right now. So... At least there's some hope 
But again, I don't think the ceiling is all that high. If you did drop him, uh, fine. And, and again, I still think he is someone that is droppable because he just can't throw it in the ocean right now. It might get better, but I don't think you need to wait around uh, for that too much. Steph Curry had a bit of an off game uh, from the field as well. Still hit his six threes and efficient from the free throw line, of course. 23 points, four assists and a steal. Uh, you got to take that with Steph, obviously, who puts up great lines nearly every other night. Um, and Chris Paul, let's talk about him. Chris Paul, 27 minutes uh, in a close game. The concerning thing here is that if this wasn't a close game, I wonder if he would have got back on for the final sort of four minutes and if he finished with 24 minutes a night. And in 24 minutes a night, is that enough for him? He's been getting solid enough assists, and that is okay. I do think that there will become a point that he will maybe be a guy that only fits certain type of teams. So, for example, my industry pickup team, I need his assists, and I'm semi-leaning into a punt points build. So for him, he still makes a lot of a lot of sense. Um, the steals and assists that he provides are valuable to me, uh, and I'm not too worried about his lack of scoring. Uh, I've got plenty of blocks on my team. I've got plenty of rebounds on my team. So, uh, And I'm punting threes, and he's not going to be a big threes guy anyway. So... I'd, in certain builds and like that punt threes and points build, he can still have a lot of value if you need the scoring and you need the threes or other things and it's just not enough, then he might eventually become someone that maybe isn't a must roster player for you. I'm giving him a longer leash and I'm giving him plenty of time. I think he's earned that with the amount of assists he's gotten so far and um, you know he's got the track record of, of slow starts but then picking it up um, and things like that. So, But I do see a world where for some teams he might not be worth it in the uh, long run. Let's look at the Denver Nuggets and Jokic continues to be a beast. 35 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals and a block. Uh, over 50% from the field. He missed a few of his free throws, 60% from there. He's been a little bit poorer from the free throw line so far this season. Uh, hit two, uh, Missed two crucial ones down the stretch there. So I do think that will pick back up, though. He, um, he's bloody Nikola Jokic. I think he'll be fine. Aaron Gordon. Everything that Aaron Gordon is doing right now, I think that he can continue. So some people have asked me when we did the buy low, sell high, is he a sell high? No, I actually don't think he is. I think everything he's doing right now can continue. He's ranked, I think, inside the top 50, which I think is more a reflection of some other guys performing poorly rather than him doing over what I expect him to do. So I do think the ranking will slide down, more so from other people getting better and just kind of leapfrogging him. But in terms of his production, the points, the threes, the rebounds, the blocks every now and again, the efficiency, I I think it can all continue. Uh, He's not super efficient in this game, but yeah, I I think in terms of what you've seen from him, it it can keep going like this. Aaron Gordon has also been... Probably one of my more favorite picks in the industry pickup league. Um, the steals and blocks have been what I've enjoyed the most about him. He not typically known for that, but he seems to be very active on the defensive end of the court right now, and he is getting them um, very uh, efficient, uh, very frequently, I should say. Um, poor from the field in this game, but he's doing a lot else to help your fantasy team, and I think that he has been a very nice late-round pick in a lot of situations so far this season. Uh, Reggie Jackson was good here, 20 points, 6 assists, and it came out today that Jamal Murray is going to miss, they said, the rest of the month with his hamstring injury. Now, I was against sort of streaming in Reggie Jackson for this week because they played only on the high-volume days, but if you're viewing it as more of a long-term stream um, where you can get um, some assists and threes and some scoring then Richard Jackson does make sense in that scenario. He won't be this good. He had a poorer game last game, but he does have the ability to at least give you some positive contributions in assists, which can be hard to find. 
So that he can be had for that reason. And KCP had his one steal. Didn't hit a three in this game, so not the best KCP line. Um, I don't know, man. I've, I've never been a big KCP fan in terms of fantasy. Definitely a better real-life player than his fantasy um, value suggests. He gets a boost in the rankings because of his low turnovers. And the steal numbers inflate his value, I think, more than what he actually provides. But... Again, in certain builds, if you're looking for something, he is rosterable in 12-team leagues, but not for every team, I don't think. Last game of the night, and it's another overtime game. The Portland Trailblazers lose to the Sacramento Kings in OT. Another injury in this one here. Malcolm Brogdon only lasted five minutes before, I believe, he also did his hamstring. Five points, one rebound, and an assist. It's He's got a big history of soft tissue injuries. So another soft tissue injury here means I think he will be out at least a couple of weeks, probably longer. So we should get, a again, Shaden Sharp is going to get all the usage and minutes that he can handle. 40 minutes here, not efficient in this game. So probably one of his... Worst games of the season so far because he also didn't contribute much else. Uh, three assists and a steal. Uh, only one three. Efficient from the free throw line. But the other player we need to look at here is Skylar Mays. Now, he played 37 minutes in this game and had 11 assists and two steals. I would be adding Skylar Mays over someone like a Reggie Jackson. I'd be adding Skylar Mays definitely over someone like a Rui Hachimura. I don't know if he'll be this good and definitely not this efficient, but the assists and steals will be there. He will be someone that can do that for you. Now, I think that this might, the injury to Brogdon, and I don't know if this should be the case, but could this mean that Scoot is maybe back earlier than later? Maybe, maybe Scoot, this is kind of the nudge to get Scoot back on. He was on the bench and he was pretty active and animated. So the ankle looks like it's feeling a little bit better. And I didn't think it was too serious at the time. So Scoot might be back. And if Scoot is back, then Skylar Mays' value does take a hit because he will not get 37 minutes in that time. But especially in a deeper league, you can take the punt. 14 team leagues, I think you add him. 12s, if you're looking for those assists, then you can take the punt and, and see how things go. It may come to nothing. If Scoot's back next game, Skylar Mays goes back to playing like 20, 24 minutes a game. It might not be enough for him to have value, but assists, again, hard to find. You can definitely do worse, I think, than chucking Skylar Mays in there as at least a bit of a stream in the medium term whilst Brogdon, Simons, and every other bloody player is out for this team as well. Um, Jondre Ayton, 18 points, 8 rebounds, efficient, no free throws, standard, no blocks, standard. Classic Dundra Aiton line. And this could be a very sell-high-ish moment for Jeremy Grant. 38 points. But the bigger thing here is the three blocks, nine rebounds, and five assists. Those are the numbers that I think are less sustainable than 38 points. He might throw up 38 points every now and again. He won't do it this efficiently. He'll probably do it more so on 10 of 30 from the field rather than 12 of 25. And he definitely won't shoot five of eight from three. He'll more likely shoot two of eight from three. But he can score and he will have a lot of usage, especially with basically all of the good players out for this team. He will be force-fed the ball. Just be aware of your field goal percentage is going to hurt 
Um, and yes, again, I don't mind that if you're built for it, but if you're not built for it and you are trying to win that category, that will be something you need to keep in mind. But uh, I do think that if you can sell high on him and get a top 75 player, I would probably do it for Jeremy Grant. And again, he always gets shut down at the end of the season anyway. So yeah, I think that that could be something we deal with. Also, the injury to Malcolm Brogdon might mean that um, Matisse Thibault is just forced into more minutes. He had four steals in this game. He'd been playing like... 18 to 22 minutes a game really as the fake starter. But in this game, the other options just aren't there. So again, if we're not getting scooped back, the flow on effect might also be that uh, Matisse Thibault plays minutes. And again, as a streamer for steals and blocks, he can give you lows in bunches. On the Sacramento Kings side, they uh, get a win, a much needed win for them. Demontis Sabonis definitely bounced back, a uh, sell, uh, sorry, a buy low boost again. Uh, 27 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists, uh, a steal and a block. Very efficient from the field. The, the the usage I would love to see be higher. A lot of his points came from like putbacks and things like that. They're not drawing up many plays for him. Um, but again, he's, he's not a guy that we, we expect 27 points off every night, but... Again, nice bounce-back performance from him. Uh, Keegan Murray is... He's been poor-ish. He's been poor from the field. His shooting has been down. But I am encouraged by the other stats. The rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks have been an improvement this season. He's playing a lot of minutes... And I do think that the shot does come back eventually. I also think that De'Aaron Fox coming back helps a player like Keegan Murray. I don't know if he thrives in like this uh, number one offensive option role in his second year. I think he is better suited to play off someone like De'Aaron Fox. So whilst he might be viewed as someone who's frustrating and not delivering, I do think that maybe this is a buy low if someone's concerned with the rankings and the field goal percentage is killing me, man. I think it's going to be better. I'm actually somewhat encouraged by the fact that he is getting some defensive stats more often than not compared to what he did last season. Can he keep this up? That's up for debate. But so far, the evidence suggests that it's a possibility. And that's not something we might have said at the end of last year. Um, Malik Monk talked about him as a free throw percentage stream. And he got a lot of attempts today. It's right on the edge of... Positive, negative. It's very neutral. So that could really help your matchup depending on where your free throws percentage was sitting or it could have really hurt your matchup. So if you were averaging, if your team was averaging 85%, that's going to sting a little bit. If your team was averaging 75%, that's going to lift your team a little bit because of the, it's right on the edge. What's that? 15 and 19 78% or something like that. So, yeah, right on the borderline of average, uh, which I just find fascinating. But he had 23 points, 10 assists, a steal. Missed all his threes but and poor from the field, but the volume from the free throw line got him scoring, and he is continues. He will continue to be a good streamer whilst um, uh, Fox is out. And Davion Mitchell was good-ish in this game, was efficient, but didn't do a lot else outside of four assists. I think you can safely leave him on the waiver wire, even with Fox out. Oh, guys, guess what? That's it. 14 games in the books. I'm getting better at this. I mean, an hour and 18 is still bloody long, but... This is by far the most amount of games I've ever talked about on a recap show. So thank you very much if you stuck around, guys, through the entire podcast. I always appreciate those who watch the entire podcast. And I know I'm going to put timestamps on this one. But I do think, and it's ironic because those who skip through videos have definitely checked out by now. But if you are someone that listens to the entire podcast and listens to my rationale about different things, I do believe that you're going to get more out of these these podcasts and these videos and this content. So just a shout out to you guys. If you are 
If you are still listening and you've listened to the entire podcast, drop a comment down below. Let me know. What should I have you write down in the comments? Let me know down in the comments section um, how bloody good was the cricket the other day. Aussie cricket, what a comeback. Let me know. uh, Did you watch the cricket? Yes or no to the cricket down in the comments section below if you stayed around to the end of the podcast. Uh, And if you have, guys, please give this video a big old thumbs up. Make sure you are subscribed as well over on the YouTube channel and on podcast platforms. Give us a five-star rating review, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.